It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The Cowboys are big favorites against the Green Bay Packers, but they do have a problem in their hands ahead of the wildcard round. And tonight, we will discuss with none other than Aisha Morrison. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, on a Wednesday night ahead of the postseason. Tonight, I am not alone. I am joined by friend of the show because we can officially call her. Yeah, we're friends at yeah. this point. Yeah, it's the second time you're on primetime. Aisha Morrison, you can find you know her from the Cowboys Podcast Network. She is on TV now. We, we, you see Aisha Morrison on TV now. So welcome, Aisha. How are you? <laughs> I'm well. Listen, it's like a what time day. I'm not just on TV like that. Um, but um, thank you for having me on today. I'm excited. Uh, this matchup is um, anxiety-riddling anxiety for a lot of people. Um, but for me, I've really enjoyed looking at the changes from each side. And it's it seems like it's going to be a really good game. Yeah. And you know what? Let's get straight into it because we were... We were so impatient. When you joined the call, we were already just talking ball and we were just already uh, getting into the whole nitty gritty of things. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the elephant in the room to me is definitely Jordan Love because I'm just going to say this right away. Jordan Love finished the season with 4,159 passing yards and 32 passing touchdowns. The only two quarterbacks ever to exceed that mark in their first year as starters are Kurt Warner and Patrick Mahomes. Like that's the kind of company that yeah. Jordan Love as a first year starter, like, uh, you know, his first year as a starter is in. Third mm -hmm. and fourth quarter led the NFL in passing touchdowns, passing yards and completions. And in the second half of the season, he was the second highest graded quarterback by PFF. My reaction when I've been looking at these numbers and I've been watching his games on film has been basically Chak's reaction. I owe you an apology. <laughs> I wasn't really familiar with your game. That's the kind of reaction that I had. What was it for you, Aisha? Um, I think what stood out to me immediately, and see, listen, draft the draft kind of helped me out because when I saw him in preseason, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's Think what stands out is just how natural he looks at the position. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see a lot of guys that play quarterback, especially in their rookie year, adjusting to you know the NFL, and you can see their jitteriness sometimes and stuff. But he has a real poise in the pocket, kind of similar to Dak when he first got started. And um, obviously, the arm talent stands out right away. Is that he can touch almost every part in the field uh with ease i just i just think he's so 
not phased. Um, and that's interesting to me. And so I think that's what stood out to me from him is just how he can stand in the pocket and he's not afraid to make some of these throws, even with, you know, pressure in his face. So I, I've been impressed with him. He's been fun to watch. I'm so excited to see the next generation of quarterbacks to me, for me. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things that I expected out of uh, watching Jordan Love's film is like all of these easy buttons because Matt LaFleur, I really respect him as the mm -hmm. offensive coordinator, like, you know, head coach slash yeah. offensive guru that he is with the Green Bay Packers. And I thought I would I would see a lot of that on film. And you do. I think you yeah. see a lot of like keepers and you just kind of like, you know, roll him out a little bit and then just have him do the flood concept to one side and that kind of stuff. But you also see Jordan Love do like full field progressions. Like you see him work left through right. Mm -hmm. And as you said, like comfortable in the pocket, like working through all of that traffic, defensively speaking. And then you also see, and I love how JT O'Sullivan from the QB school always calls it like the capital A anticipation, mm -hmm. even in the, in the Vikings game and the Bears game. Cause th those are the ones that I watched the most because yeah. they're the most recent ones. You see him like, throwing the football to guys that are not even out of their breaks yes very confident he's 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 confident in his arm talent but he also really trusts those young receivers and i guess that's kind of what you get when you're like you're young i'm young like we're just we're just out here playing ball and that's why you know them making it to yeah. the playoffs stands out to a lot of people because they are young they are inexperienced but they don't care like they play with a they have a freeness to them in how they play. And so you can see that again in his anticipation and some of the ways he trusts his receivers to make big time catches for him. Has there been anything, because because the way that I, one of the things that also has stood out for me, and I'll use Jared Goff as an example. Just, I don't want to knock him, but uh, knock on him. But yeah, like when you look at Jared Goff, I think you see him be this guy with the arm. He's got the accuracy. If he has a clean pocket, he will make you pay for it. He's, able to push the ball downfield and do all that. But you know that when he's under pressure, it's a different ball game with Jared Goff. Like, you know, he does take a step back when he's under pressure. And there are quarterbacks like that in, in the NFL. Like maybe if you blitz him, he takes a step back, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what that is for Jordan Love. And that's one of the things that's bothered me a little bit this season. And maybe it's also because he's playing under such a, behind such a good offensive line, right? Third least pressured QB per PFF, for example, and maybe that's it. But I think that when you look at the splits, statistically speaking, I don't think there is one that it's like, aha, this is where you suck and this is where we're going to make you pay for it. I don't know if you've found anything where you can say this is the thing. Well, for I mean, so we've talked about the pressure, and that's what I mean about him being young and being free because there are plenty of times on film that his left tackle is getting walked back into him, and he's just standing in the pocket. He, he He's just maneuvering the pocket, trying to figure something out. He's just not rattled like that, and I actually tweeted out today, you can I cannot stress enough that you have to physically affect the quarterback. You cannot, to me, you cannot just – pressure him and think that's enough that doesn't phase him like that um I will say like I think I I read yes so if he's pressured the statistics say if he's pressured more than 14 times 
then some of those numbers drop. Now, we know the Cowboys are able to get to the quarterback often. I think what it is with him is if you pressure him a couple times, he'll shake it off. But if it's just constantly hunting him and getting to him, and not only getting to him, again, you don't have to pop his ass a couple times. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's you have to physically affect him to really rattle him. And then also, too, because I think his size comes into to play, too, is that he's not – I, he's not a small quarterback. So, again, I, I, that's one of the only things that I saw from him um, that um, made a difference. But also, too, um, they I know you mentioned that some of they do some of the rollouts and stuff like that. They're not asking him to do a whole bunch of RPO or anything like that either. But when he has been asked to do those things a few times, you can see he is a little loose with the ball in his hands. And he can even be loose with the ball in his hands in the pocket. So I do think there are some opportunities there. Um, he's a young quarterback. I would very much so hope uh, that the yeah. Cowboys disguise some things, maybe show and go, you know, things like that, uh, and manipulate with the safeties. Well, you know, and the thing also, and I agree with all of that, the thing also is like with Sack Tom. Sack Tom is like a second-year player, and I understand the right tackle, right? He's been playing he, – he's been lights out for the Packers now for mm -hmm. a while – but it's a whole different ball game to go up against number 11 and oh. number 90 when you're not phasing 11, right? Like, and Dan Quinn with the whole pressure stuff. But I also think this is one of those games where I want to see Micah Parsons move around a lot and maybe oh. not have him play a whole lot against the right tackle. Because you mentioned the left tackle maybe having those struggles there. And I saw one play from the Carolina Panthers game where he pulls a Chuma Edoga and it's kind of like working towards the defensive back and then allowing a free rusher through the big app. And that sort of mistakes, you know, you can exploit them. But this is a game where I asked uh, a colleague of mine from ADC Sports who covers the Green Bay Packers for, for ADC Sports. And he, I asked him, where, where do you line up, Micah, if, if you know he can move around and exploit these guys? And he said, center and right guard. So that, man, that, that's another A-gap kind of ball game for you with Micah Parsons in this one. And as you said, like, if he's pressured consistently throughout the entire game, maybe you get a different version of Jordan Love. Doing that through the shortest path to the QB would maybe get us a very different version of Jordan Love. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was, I mean, you mentioned the, I, I looked all across their offensive line from start to finish, and the right guard, is it John Runyon? Run, yep. Yeah, that's how you say it. Um, I think so. On the season, he's given up 21 pressures, 13 hurries, uh, two sacks, and six QB hits. One thing I noticed from him is he's not the best when they're trying to get to the second level. He he struggles with speed, man. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I saw him kind of whiff on some of those tackles um, on some of those. Uh, yeah, I saw him whiff on when they were doing some of their reach blocking things. So that was something to, to keep an eye on. But when you talk about the center, absolutely that is definitely he's given up five sacks on the year um from there and i mean you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so i would definitely attack there i expect for the cowboys to do some different some changes maybe late in the in the clock with some of their alignments and things like that because i also noticed that the communication between the left guard and the uh left tackle the right the left guard is having to help out the left tackle at, mm. at times and so there will be some, to me, looking, there looks like there will be some opportunity for the Cowboys to maybe get them a little mixed up with communication. I know the Cowboys um, 
they they do stunt at a high clip. I'm not sure if you do that a whole bunch this game, um, especially early with how they, you know, how Green Bay is actually good uh, on first and second down running the ball. But when you do get those opportunities, I think to your point, this offensive line is good. I think it can be shaken up with some of the communication. And one thing a lot of the players mentioned today in their interviews was just how loud that home crowd gets. And again, you're talking about this is one of the reasons why the Cowboys are good at home. That home field advantage is starting to get like turn into a real thing. It's going to be crazy in AT&T Stadium. And I, I expect for it to affect some of the communication of that offensive line and also this young quarterback coming in. That's that's something that I hadn't thought about. Like, let's talk about that, like the home crowd noise. Because mm -hmm. I'm I don't remember I, I don't I have not been to AT&T Stadium a whole lot. Like uh, I'm in Chihuahua, Mexico. It's maybe a little bit more complicated to make it work right, to arrange the whole vacation and go there. Uh, but I remember like for a few years, or at least for like several, several years, noise wasn't exactly like a big thing right in Dallas. I don't think it was like uh, Mile High Stadium when people just shout incomplete every time there's an incomplete pass or something like that, which is crazy. But this year, has it really changed? Is the Dallas home crowd noise really becoming a thing in your eyes where it's like, oh, this is going to rattle some teams? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it gets – I've went to one game this year, but even last year, especially towards the end of the year, um, yeah, they definitely get really loud in there. And um, I know there will be some Green Bay – Packers fans in attendance but not nearly as many Cowboys fans that are there no seriously like most of the people and because I know that it's a real thing because the players really talk about it this is one of the first times I've heard because you know they'll say like oh yeah you know we want to win for our fans our crowd is it no they are like emphasizing being at home helps them they feed off the crowd but also too the crowd helps them um with with the opposing team's offenses and I think that's yeah. gonna if a young quarterback has to go on a silent count on the road away, you know, and, and Green Bay hasn't necessarily been good in a way this season. So, again, I I mean, it matters. And we've seen you see Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offensive line that are veterans, mostly of veterans. They struggle. They struggle with crowd noise when they're on the road. So imagine this young guy coming in here with their offensive line as good as it is and having to deal with the exotic fronts and some of the things that the Cowboys do. I also expect for the safeties to be involved heavily in this game. We're seeing Donovan Wilson start to do some of the stuff. Hello. Can we get a safety blitz? Can we get a, <laughs> can we get a little zom -zom, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually didn't think about it until we just start talking. Cause it's not even something I said on girls up boards. I like, you know what? Crowd noise may make a difference for this offensive line and this young quarterback. Yeah, hey, Micah starts seeing that little leg movement, right, uh, from any other QV, like playing at home, and it's a different ball game too because, you know, he he might get an offsides, but he also might destroy the, the offense for, like, the majority of the game. <laughs> We're praying for <laughs> <laughs> acknowledge, acknowledge me, acknowledge Micah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's going to be a fun ball game in that sense. One last thing that I have on the Jordan Love and the – you know, the passing situation, people have made a big deal. And I mean like a big deal. Mike McCarthy was asked about this. I think Jordan Love is asked about this. I've seen countless like Twitter clips where they mention it. People have made a big deal out of like the, the Kobe 
the Kobe throw from Jordan Love, where he's kind of like, you know, playing basketball in like when he throws the football. And people have praised it a whole lot. I'm not sure we should be praising it. Like, it's fun. It's fun to watch it. But it's not a good thing. No, it's not. It's not. And that's one of the only things that I noticed from him. And again, it's funny because if I'm not mistaken, I have heard some people say that uh, the comp to Jordan Love is a deck. And one thing, I know you remember that last play, very similar um, against the Patriots overtime. When CD scores, he waves oh, yeah. goodbye. Guess what Dak was doing? Throwing was doing off like the fadeaway, one leg, fadeaway thing. Mechanics aren't perfect, and then he got a calf string. Yeah, that's where he gets hurt. I was gonna say, yeah, that's true. Um, it's mechanics matter, dog. Like they matter, and especially too. And that's what I meant when I said like he really trusts his arm strength. He does. He trusts yeah. his arm. He tr but when you don't have that lower body. Um, yeah, we don't have that lower body surge. It makes a difference. And he can, again, he can make some really dope throws um, off of different platforms. I think it makes him impressive. It's Aaron Rodgers-esque in a way, to be honest. Um, but with a young quarterback, I think it does matter. But it also does matter the defenses you're going up against and what their ball skills are. Because if you're floating that thing and, you know, you're expecting for your receiver to get it, everyone doesn't have Dallas Cowboys ball hooks. They don't. So I do think that he has to be careful with some of that in this game. Those are things he does sometimes when he's pressured and he's uncomfortable. It works out for him sometimes. I don't know how often it's going to work out for him. But this, again, we're not asking for him to be perfect. He's still young and developing, so he deserves time to work through those things. Yeah, but hey, while while he is developing, not the Cowboys... Week. Not this week! <laughs> yeah, exactly. While he is developing, the Cowboys better be ready to take advantage of those mistakes and you know we can all we can like tie all of what we've talked about together by just like pointing out you mentioned when he's hit over and over and over again yeah. then the inconsistencies might start and i would tie that directly to the mechanics thing where you are the fifth most aggressive qb like in drop back or attempt percentage in deep throws he's the fifth highest like he, he's got the fifth highest deep pass percentage per pff and it's like if you're gonna live in that world you better have your mechanics down because if not then the mistakes are gonna take place and that's where dayron bland and all of those guys are gonna be able to you know pick off the ball and, and and make the most out of that yeah he's number one in throwing 20 yard passes 20 plus yard passes this this offense when i looked at it um, I was really taken aback by how much he was attacking the middle of the field. I'm not even gonna hold you, cause I was sitting here like, and I even asked Mike McCarthy today. I'm like, yo, this is a young dude, like, cause you know with young quarterbacks, that's that's a scary place. Yeah, that's a scary place. And but from looking at him, he really is. He's not afraid to attack there. And I think that's again, I think that's great. But if you go up against a defense that shows different looks, maybe disguises some things, I do think. He, he's still working through some things. And, I mean, I like I said, I'm impressed with the arm talent and what he's able to do. And this, yeah, this offense is explosive. This this offense has the ability to be explosive. Now, I do think they do a lot of the intermediate stuff so they can get behind you. So they kind of, they're, they're kind of setting a lot of stuff up. It's a setup um, <laughs> with a lot of stuff. And, yeah, they, they want to hit you in your mouth. And once they hit you in the mouth, they want you to panic. 
and try to figure things out. I do think that Dallas's secondary is prepared for what they're going to see. But I will say they have not seen that many offenses that just do the deep ball throwing like that. They just haven't experienced that that much this season. I mean, Miami and then who else? Seattle. I mean. Yeah, I, I would say like, and I won't even remember like exactly how those games went, but like you could say Philly in the sense that they either run or throw it deep, but it's yeah. also not like not a complete passing offense, right? Yeah. Which is what's, what's uh, costed them so much uh, this year, especially late in the year. So I, I would say, yeah, like the Seahawks, Lions are different. I would say the Bills can be that team, but they were not against us. They didn't need to. <laughs> Pass on the ball. So <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying to think. Maybe the Rams. Rams could be. But yeah, I mean, you haven't seen you. I you. I don't think they've seen that many uh, offenses that are so willing to just throw the ball, ball downfield. Now, we'll say I do think that the defense expects for them to come in this game and want to run the ball. But I think a lot of them running the ball now is just to keep you honest and to also set up play action. They'll, they'll run the ball. Like, they'll definitely get to it. But what they have in the passing game, I personally think it would be – it wouldn't be like them to just totally be like, we're just going to run the ball. Now, they wow. might pull a, a Bills. They, they, they might yeah. pull a Bills. But I also think that the Cowboys' offense at home puts pressure on you to where you can't – well, that's what we're looking for, for them to put pressure on them to not be able to just run the ball and play keep away, which a lot of people do because your quarterback's good. <laughs> yeah, and hey, if they pull a Bills, it, it, as long as the Cowboys don't miss 12 tackles again, it's like it won't be that ugly. Yeah. And, you know, the Dolphins game and the, and the Lions game specifically, those two, and especially because they happened right after the Bills game, mm -hmm. I was blown away with how the defense played. Like, it wasn't pretty, right? They allowed over six yards per, per play and all that, but – they forced field goals. They made tackles for losses. They made sacks. They made turnovers. Like that kind of stuff is what it, like what they balance, how they balance things. I don't know if, if you've noticed something out of those two games, like the Lions game and the Dolphins game, where it seemed like they were pretty much stopping the run. Uh, not necessarily throughout the entire game, but I remember Raheem Mostert when he was banged up in that Miami game and he had nine carries and was averaging 3.4 yards. By, by the time that he went out or early in the game versus the Lions, they couldn't get anything going in the run game. And I know it might be different because this is, as you say, like a team that's going to make you stay honest and all that because they have the play action. And maybe they're not the most heavy play action team in the league, but they are pretty damn effective when they use play action. So, because that's what I've seen, like they're pretty effective with it. Yeah, they are. But they're also not going to be like 50% of the dropbacks for Jordan Love are play action. Oh, yeah. Um, some of the differences I've seen in the defense, some of the adjustments and um, that I yeah. think one is made. Number one, Micah is playing linebacker sometimes. Yeah. And <laughs> that's going to help you either way. <laughs> um, also, too, uh, Brian Broaddus brought this up, and I noticed it, too. I just didn't know how to, like, say it. But it's interesting how um, I think Damone Clark has had a couple of good games back-to-back, -back, some of his better games. I think a lot of that has to do with kind of how – uh, DQ is kind of lining him up close to the line of scrimmage and he and he's able to play off of Micah's hip 
or he's able to just read and react. You know, Micah's taking that attention. So he's able to kind of slice through there and make some plays. Also, too, another wrinkle that you saw is that, well, you've also got some contributions to me from Chauncey Ghoston coming in doing some more. And then also, too, uh, just a little wrinkle of putting Tank at three tech and allowing him to use his instincts and, and make some plays in the backfield. I think um, also to trickle it out, uh, Donovan Wilson, I feel like he's come along later in the season and he's he's typically the robber. He's typically that extra guy that the Cowboys have on the line of scrimmage to help clean up in that run game. And we've seen him come along later in the season. So you're getting help there. Then it's all hands on deck. You got corners that like to tackle. That's a blessing. It doesn't yep. matter when you have your tackles coming up. I saw Jordan Lewis feel like a linebacker last week. It was crazy. Um, yeah, it's it, it's I think the difference was they were definitely upset at themselves from that Bills game. And they just decided we're not going to let this happen anymore. And once you and I think it's just been all hats to the ball supreme effort but i think it also i really do think it starts with micah kind of being in that middle and being able to on rundowns uh situationally and things being able to open up from there yeah and that kind of like that spinner spinner they call it like that spinner assignment where he's over the center but he's not like necessarily five yards off the ball but he is a menace in the pass rush but if it's a run play he's also going to be able to blast through the offensive line that that is maybe the perfect spot to play Micah in some of these situations. Uh, we've got some comments here in the chat. Shout out to everyone, by the way, who is joining the show and do me a favor and hit the like button. If you enjoy the, the content, Gregory says Dila will be key to stopping love running out of the pocket by time to throw uh, to buy by to buy time to throw, excuse me. And then toxic says the defensive line depth has stepped up as of late too. And that is huge. Like, it was what in the Lions game where suddenly you had Dante Fowler making a big play. Mm -hmm. And if you have Armstrong making a big play too, and now with Jonathan Hankins back, like now it's not just 11 and 90 making plays, but the rest of them too. And that yeah. is obviously amazing. That's what I've been screaming for because, I mean, listen, it's just like basketball. Yo, if somebody is being double teamed, that means somebody open. Yeah. He's open. And if Micah is drawing three, two offensive linemen, there's no reason why these other gentlemen shouldn't be able to get to the line of scrimmage. They're going to uh, get behind the line of scrimmage. They're going to teams are going to sell out to stop it, Micah. It's just the reality of it. And so, yes, those other guys are going to have to win. And, you know, is I think that uh, Demarcus Lawrence has had one of the best seasons of his career. I've been so impressed with him this year. But he does a lot, and, and don't get me wrong, he can still rush the passer, but his role, and really distinctly, is to be that run-stopping guy. And so, yeah. for, I'm looking at that, I'm like, okay, Dante Fowler, uh, also Digizua, I need you guys to win. I need you guys to win your one-on-one -on -one matchups, because nine times out of ten, just what you get is a one-on-one -on -one matchup. So, seeing them come along later in the season, especially Dante Fowler, which I'm hoping we see more of, he has fresh legs. Because he hasn't, you know, you got to think like he's rotate, he's down the rotation, so you're not seeing him that often. I think you're kind of starting to see his explosiveness uh, make a difference. And I honestly think if he doesn't have so many like penalties early in the yeah. season, that we would have seen more of him anyway. But if he's playing disciplined and under control, he is a wrecker. He can win one on one matchups on his own all by himself. He has a toolbox. Yeah, that, that was a whole situation, I think, with the penalties and, you know, with the free meat tweet and that kind of stuff. But anyways, uh, let's, 
Yeah. <laughs> and then he was like, no, nah, the free me tweet was actually what had happened was, <laughs> and it was a weird situation. Uh, now let's flip it a little bit here and let's talk about where the Cowboys have a massive, and I mean massive advantage. Because I don't know what's up with that Joe Barry defense, but okay. the Cowboys are going to be able to just pick it apart, in my opinion. I don't know what, what you've got in mind. So, listen, I'm, I, I'll, I'll talk about stuff I don't know about yet. So, right. having gotten into their defensive film, I was going to get into it tonight once we got done. I, hmm. I wanted to spend the majority of the time on their offense because number again this is this is a fun offense but also to your point that's the biggest threat so i want yeah. to spend more time on that so i'm gonna let you teach me tell me a little something <laughs> my let me get my pen <laughs> i i have just now started to like watch it too because i also started with like jordan love but mm -hmm. just right away you look at it and Rashawn Gary is good. Like, he's really good. He's one of the best pass rushers in, in the league. It's still, in my opinion, maybe not in, like, that tier one group. Like, mm -hmm. he's not going to be talked about with the not only the Micahs and the Mileses, but also Crosby, TJ mm -hmm. Watt. All of those guys, in my opinion, are above him. Mm -hmm. But Rashawn Gary is still somebody that, when that game starts, I'm going to be looking at how are we helping 78, you know? Cause yeah. I'm not going to trust 78 one-on-one -on -one with with uh, Rashawn Gary, especially through the entire game. Like, especially and, – and I think Dallas has actually done a decent job at helping Terrence Steele out. I know the Week 9 game versus Philly was an absolute nightmare. But yeah. then you had the other games, like you had the rematch against uh, the, the Eagles, and you had the mm -hmm. Bills game, and you had the Dolphins game. And the Dolphins game had its own issues on the left side – but mm -hmm. Dallas has actually been pretty decent at getting into these max protect looks uh, in several ways. Not only with the two tight ends staying in to block, but they will also use a lot, a lot of empty and have Rico Dowdle and Jalen Tolbert chip away at the defensive ends. And it's not even that they're fully committing to not having routes being run by these guys, but it's a small chip. And Jake Ferguson going crazy in the Seattle game by just burying Boya Mafia in some plays. Like, he's violent with it. When, when oh, Jake yeah. Ferguson gets an opportunity to chip away, man, he, he puts them on the ground, and it's fun he's, to watch. Yeah, he's punishing. Like, And that's that's the thing about Jake that I really like, and I'm going to get back to your point. But yeah. uh, w whether he has the ball in his hands or if he's chipping, he's punishing, like, in his blocking and stuff. Like, when he's blocking, he's finishing blocking. When he's chipping, he's chipping with – intent and also too when he has the ball in his hands listen if he dips his shoulder have fun like i think he yep. made somebody spin last week like <laughs> yeah but um to your point about uh terrence Steele, i actually touched base with him uh today and he was actually he's actually excited about the matchup he has a lot of respect for what those guys are able to do over there i will say i feel like he has trended in the right direction uh as the season has gone on i think um, number one, we were talking about our own show. It's so crazy to think about. Terrence Steele is the only guy on this offensive line that has not missed a single snap this year. And when I say snap, I mean from training camp to now. Like, he has played the whole season um, coming back from that ACL injury. And it's also, it's only been a little over a year since he tore it. Yeah. It's only been a little over a year. Maybe a few weeks at this point. He tore it last December. So, That's it's just crazy to think. About. Listen. Even if he's not perfect, 
he did us people a favor. <laughs> Baby, who's our backup right tackle, Mauricio? Tell me, who is it? I'm not even sure. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even My sure. Point. My point. So. We'd um, be well, let's go. Like, I'm just thinking now, but I maybe, think it would be well, let's go at this point. Maybe, but uh, to your point, I do like some of the things Dallas has done to, you know, just kind of shore up things for him just in case. Yep. I do think also, too, the quarterback is very aware of where his pressure is coming from, and that's helped that as well. You see Dak escaping and doing things on the run. Um, I'm looking for uh, Terrence to have a, a strong, a pretty strong game. Now, those, uh, I think you mentioned with Rashawn Garrett, like, they're power guys. Yeah. I, mean, I don't look at e any of those guys as, like, straight-up speed bend, but I do see speed to power and things of that nature, which have given Terrence – some issues they also do some of the wide nine stuff which is putting a lot of stress on a lot of left and right tackles at this point so um you you mentioned how the cowboys are bringing the tight ends in i i like i like how they do it with the running backs too to your point where they they line them up uh line them out wide and they just kind of slide in and just kind of you know just you know kind of check the guy and then yeah. open in the flat um to make to make play so yeah i i, I think i think terrence will be okay this game <laughs> Yeah, and, and I've seen some comments here like trying to chime in into the backup right tackle thing. Like people are like Chuma maybe and maybe, but I think I think Chuma I think they would leave him on the left side. I'm not sure though. Like as you say, like I'm just not sure. So that speaks volumes as to how Thank helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, Terrence. <laughs> Thank you, Terrence. That's a good way to put it. Now, Packers defense though, coverage wise, it's a cover three team. And it's a cover three team by a long shot like I think it's like it's easily their most common coverage and I like to hear that because I feel like you know the Dolphins game and the Bills game that was that was a two highs the, the two high defenses that and, and the Packers might change it up right and they might have like these rotating safety stuff that Sean McDermott and Big Fangio were doing against the Cowboys but it's not their identity and I also look at the players that they have and it's a different ball game. One of the things that I said a lot in this show is like coverage grades from PFF. I know grades are not perfect from PFF, but before the injuries with Miami, they were top six in coverage grades per PFF. And so were the Bills. The Packers are 19th and it's it's different. It's just It just is. When we saw the game versus the commanders and the Lions, we were reminded of that, I think. So I think when it comes down to it, they traded away Rasul Douglas, and I think there's just a lot of opportunity there to have CD go crazy and do his thing. I'm not sure this is the Jair Alexander that many people remember nowadays. So I'm not sure because I remember when Jair Alexander was legit one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He's not that right now. Yeah, sounds like he. Um, I don't remember what injury he had. I want, did he tear his ACL? I think it he was did. It was something catastrophic. It was a serious injury. And so I'm telling people to temper our expectations for Trayvon next year. We'll give him a year. Give him, yeah. some, give him some time. But, um, yeah, no, he hasn't been the same guy. And I've been listening to – because that's what I'll be doing, listening to Mauricio. It was. <laughs> I, I'm been, trying to – sorry, I was trying to find it, but find I – No, I hadn't. I, I have not found it. Sorry. <laughs> um, I like to go creep on uh, the – other teams media and see what they talking about yeah 
Um, yeah, from listening to even like their beat, he's not the same player. And not only is he not the same player, like we know how confidence is so key in corner. And it seems like some of that is maybe a little swayed. And and also too, like he's one of the only older gentlemen on that defense in that secondary. I'm sure it is a lot of pressure for him um to be the guy so to your point yeah they they are young back there and um i can't wait to get into them later but they are young back there i do know that they're giving up what they're giving up uh, a, a lot of space and opportunity for tight ends i can tell you that like the middle of the field is open and available with these guys i've seen from the little bit i've seen is that you can attack their linebackers in the passing game which i think is going to be a thing too and the emergence of brandon cooks and his consistency in this in this offense i think also puts a lot of stress on defenses now too because you trying to double cd you got to deal with ferg in the middle you got to deal with brandon cooks over the top and running the post and the crossers and stuff it's it's a stressful situation for any defense yet alone a young one and, and even in the red zone they're like yeah we'll run three by one and we'll use cd on the backside and good luck with that and, yeah. you know, the Brandon Cooks touchdown versus Detroit was, like, easy. Was, like, uh, like Money. yeah, it, it was never in doubt, I think. When as soon as they had, like, the backside safety rolled out to CD's side, it was, like, one-on-one -on, -one on the other side of the field. It was over, right? So I agree with all that. I do think the Cowboys will have a good game offensively versus the Packers. I do think they exploit what's been statistically at least one of the worst defenses in the entire NFL. You had... Tommy DeVito had his best game of the season against the Packers, <laughs> arguably. You had Bryce Young after several games without that touchdown drive. He had multiple touchdown drives versus the Packers. Made it look easy. Packers fans are done with Joe Barry. It's it's one of those things where I, I smell blood in the water if you're, if you're the Cowboys offense. Oh, yes. Now that you mention it, it made me think about the fact, okay, I, I was trying to figure out my mind because we just talked about, okay, do we think they're going to just run the ball? Do we think that them being them being an explosive passing offense, it sounds like maybe it's out of necessity because this yeah. defense can't stop anybody. So when they're throwing the ball downfield and they're trying to hit these deep shots, I'm starting to gather that maybe it's because they're trying to go score at a high clip and they're throwing the ball how they are because they need this defense. They're trying to help out this defense. Okay, that makes sense. It's the it's the <laughs> second highest total in the betting world for the Super Wildcard weekend at 51. And I'm telling you, I'm 99% sure that just shut up because that was 48 and a half when it opened. And the betting markets were like, they pushed it up to 51. So what? there's... there's oh, okay, sorry. I don't uh, do betting. I, I, <laughs> Aisha, I am very, very into like the sports gambling stuff. So, okay. so it means that you know the totals is the is like the number that you can bet on for the over under if you are into it, right? So, like if the number is fifty one and you take the over, then you're aiming for over fifty one points combined in the scoreboard. So, like okay, thirty to thirty one would be sixty one, right? Uh, so fifty one is a very high number for a for an NFL game. They, so they, I mean, the Cowboys average 30 at home or yeah. north of that. So I think that's probably why, like, and it, it's, but it's actually on par with the scoring because uh, the Packers average 22.4. So it's, it's about 30, 22, like it's about there. It sounds like, so yeah, it makes sense.
And it's crazy that, but but like that line movement, for it to have opened it 48 and a half and then to have it shoot up, shoot up to 51 and a half, that means like money came in on the over because they're like maybe along, you know, thinking what you're thinking, like, oh yeah, this is going to go over easily. Just look at what they average. So I thought that was interesting. It, it, just to give you additional context, like the only game over 51 is 51 and a half, and that's the Rams and the Lions, which is expected to be <laughs> a crazy, insane shootout. Yeah. Me. Yeah, that's going to be a fun game, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to be so ready for it too. Uh, anyways, before we move on, and may maybe one more note from me, on the Packers defense is they stunt and they stunt a lot. So no, this don't. is, sorry. I said, no, they don't. They do. They they do. Yeah, they do. I, I think they, they have one of the highest stunt rates in the league right yeah. now. And it's like, that sorry. Secondary is getting their, no wonder secondary is getting their tail whooped. They don't have the secondary for that. Yeah. Cause the Cowboys are also in that, you know, space of numbers, like stunt rate wise, but they have the Cowboys secondary. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I did see that they're like ninth in blitzing. Yeah, they, they also blitz. They, they, they're definitely aggressive up front. Let me get you the number because I, I saw it in this Co Coach A, Cody Alexander, okay. amazing resource. And stun rate, this is going to blow your mind. For the Packers, they're 29.7 stun rate. Okay. That is higher that is higher than the Cowboys by 9.7%. Are they just trying to manufacture pressure because they're not getting pressure consistently with just, cause I was talking, cause that that's one thing that I noticed is that their pressure is very progressive. It's a, yeah. that's what I meant by the fact that their pass rushers are not bendy fast. I'm going to beat you every time it is wearing on you as the game goes on with my power. And then I think their pressure kind of has to build up in a way. So I guess that would make sense because I was looking at some of their sack numbers and I'm like, Oh, okay. These guys are getting home, whatever. But then when I looked at the film, I'm like, these people, I mean, yeah. Justin, <laughs> had, Justin Fields had all day. He just, it just wasn't pretty, but he had all day back there often. So I was oh, just, and you can't stunt that much against Justin Fields. I, I would assume because he will just take off and run when he sees that wide open and hole, I guess. And, and the thing, the difference between that is like, you can do all that stunting if you want to, that going to make you pay uh, yeah. especially with the blitzing. Now we'll say with the stunting, it, it's, it does make a, a difference. We'll see if Tyler Smith is going to be back this week. It was, um, it, he did indeed practice today. He was limited, which is always a good sign um, per Christy scale. She told us that Wednesdays, if you at least get a limited, that's a good sign. So we'll see if he's able to go because I do think that communication is going to be important. But, you know, big dog TJ Bass is, you know, holding it down and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, that, that uh, you mentioned like that going to make you pay for that type of stuff. Dak was lowering his shoulder in week 18 late in the game. And I was like, come on, man. No. <laughs> so in, in the playoffs, you know, he's going crazy. You know, he's going crazy if he needs mm -hmm. to go crazy. But anyways, uh, we're 42 minutes into the show. I'm sorry for keeping you here too long. Dude, I'm having fun. You're totally fine. <laughs> I have just one more topic that we absolutely need to get to. I'm okay. Uh, and it's Dan Quinn because he's been on. He's been on our minds. He's been on Cowboys Nation's mind today when the news dropped about Pete Carroll surprisingly being out as head coach of the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. And it 
Sounds like it definitely was not his decision because uh, he he straight up said it. Like he said that he basically they approached him, let him know that they need something different for the organization, and he agreed to it. So now Pete Carroll exits Seattle, and everyone's mind immediately gravitates towards Dan Quinn, who was in Seattle between 2009 and 2010 as assistant head coach and defensive line coach. And then 2013, 2014 as defensive coordinator and kind of like part of that Legion of Boom era that they had over there in Seattle. This this feels like this feels like closing time. I'm not sure if you agree with me. Uh, it's a loaded head coaching free agency, though, and that gives me hope. But it also feels like Seattle is just too good of an opportunity for Dan Quinn. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, number one, I, I want to I know I'm about to be a little sh selfish in a second, but I want to say that uh, Dan Quinn deserves all the good things that are coming to him. And uh, it's been a pleasure just seeing what he's done with this Cowboys defense. But also, too, he's revamped his scheme like he's changed things and done things that he didn't do at the Legion when he had the Legion of Boom. So to kind of see him. um uh, what is the word like restore his 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 football name and being able to you know show people that he can do this at a high level has been impressive he's made a fantastic impression on these players I mean they look at Dan as like family like this, this is their yeah. guy so um to see him leave would be hard but I would be very happy for him to get the opportunity with that said don't take nobody with you if you don't take your ass on just don't <laughs> Dan just <laughs> Don't be over here calling Adam Dirty to, to come with you. If you going, you 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 go, you go. But don't be taking nobody with you, man. <laughs> hey, leave us Joe Witt. Le leave us Joe Witt because that that sounds like from the insiders. That sounds like the guy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when uh, I, there was a point in time, I think where Dan was out for a bit, and uh, he was, you know, Joe Witt took over and was he coached, but he also too, if I'm not mistaken, I think Joe Witt handles the third down defense, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, if that is the case, then you know the trust is already there. I don't think that um, schematically there will be like a huge drop off as far as like philosophy. Um, and things of that nature yeah. but you know we just never know you know Dallas might find a what Dallas might be looking at other coordinators and stuff too so um, like you said there's a lot of people that are available and I mean I knew it was coming I mean he's been yeah. he's been saying no basically for the last couple years now because he felt like clearly you know with this Dallas team he had something and so uh, whatever good comes to him, I'm happy for him. It, it would be definitely hard to see him go and nerve wracking and scary to see what this defense would be without him because he has been the driving force of the changes that have been made here. He's had a big hand in the draft as well, you know, so it's like, mm. uh, but other than that, man, it's, I, I will say the only silver lining of him possibly leaving is that the guys go out there and play for him on a, like at a very high level as he exits, you know, you do it to the best of your ability. You put your best, best foot forward um, and um, play for your coach and, you know, on his way out, if he does decide to do that. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely well said, like, you know, good for Dan Quinn. If he does get that opportunity, even though, even though selfishly we might be like, damn it, 
damn it. Because it's one of those things where, yeah, sure, Joe Witt maybe is of the same school of thought and all that same philosophy. But at the end of the day, I kind of imagine, and this is just like my own vision of Dan Quinn. I kind of imagine like him, instead of journaling before going to bed every night or something, he's just like drawing the newest pressure that he's going to whip out on game day. Like that's, I, I do think of Dan Quinn as this sort of mad scientist or what if I could have this guy play this position? <laughs> and so that's sort of like wild stuff. Uh, but anyways, we do have a super chat, uh, $20 super chat here from Joe Gonzalez. Appreciate you, man. And he says, yeah, here we go. he says, absolutely amazing guest. Please bring her back. Uh, Mauricio Rodriguez and Aisha Morrison. Shout out to Joe. Appreciate the super chat. Uh, I know we had another one from Byron earlier. So appreciate you too, man. And yeah, I agree. Our amazing guest, Aisha, is the second time you're on the show. It's been a blast talking to you. Last thing that I'll ask you is for a prediction, but a prediction doesn't have to be the score prediction. It doesn't have to be the winner. Just a prediction for Cowboys Packers when we tune in on Sunday. What should we or, or not what should we be watching out for, but like something that you think is going to happen? I'm going to give you some time by reading this one, too, because people are loving the show tonight. He says, Mo, you got to make Aisha a regular on the show. She's fantastic. And I agree. Thank you, man. Uh, no, I love coming on with you because, I mean, when I come home from work, I don't I don't listen to any anybody's material uh, before I watch my own film. So at the end of the day, when I come home and I'm done, I turn you on and <laughs> I get in the shower and I chill and I'm like, so awesome. Awesome. I appreciate it. I have a lot of respect for what you do um, as well, Mauricio. So I'm very glad to be on. And I also um, now working in the building, I see what the Latino community and uh, how much they are uh, important to um, in the Mexican community are important to the Cowboys nation. It's important that we have someone like you in the in the space and able and you're able to, you know, do both sides. It means something because the Latino and Mexican community is huge and for Cowboys. Yeah. So for you to be a part of that, it's not something that goes unnoticed. And I am very thankful that you are here. Oh, awesome. That means the world to me, Aisha. I appreciate you so much. Of course. Here's my prediction. I We've seen the safeties come along this last few weeks. You're getting better play from J. Ron Kurtz, getting better play from Donovan Wilson, getting Malik Hooker has been stealthy. We talked about the deep shot. Who's back there? We talked about the deep play. Who's who's who's? Who's back there? Who who hasn't had an interception this year? 28. I'm looking for Malik Hooker to have a strong game um, with this passing attack and some of the he he's gonna be important, man. I'm telling you. I mean, Love they it. put you they put you in some tough situations as a safety uh, with angles and stuff like that. So not only are you gonna need him to tackle well, I'm looking for him to maybe be that, you know, come from center center field and make some plays uh, on the ball. Actually, I think he might have had a pick this year. So um, looking for Malik Hooker and Donovan Wilson and that safety group to continue to trend in the right direction. I also think Donovan could have some big plays at the line of scrimmage there because um, because Dylan has been out. One thing I noticed about them, I don't know if you noticed, they're using their wide receivers um, to do things in the running game and, and to and to set some things up because they're trying to take some pressure off for Aaron Jones 
because it's just him right now, basically. So um, I'm looking for maybe some forced fumbles, some some chaotic plays from Donovan Wilson as well, uh, going up against some of these receivers that's trying to run out the backfield. Make them pay. <laughs> that's awesome. I love love that love that prediction. Uh, I I'm gonna be in the lookout for the Malik Hooker interception and the safeties making big plays on Sunday. And so will everyone who tuned into tonight's show of ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Aisha, thank you so much for joining the show. I really appreciate your time and obviously staying a little bit longer than we had planned for. Uh, that means the world to me as well. You're not Sorry. gonna tell me your prediction. Oh, oh, I, I oh, also need to. That's a, oh, you think about just put the pressure on me and then get up. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And I thought about that, but I do have one in mind. I do okay. have one in mind. And it might seem with the season that he's put on, it might seem like the easy way out. But honestly, give me a classic playoff performance, 200 yards for CD Lamb on Sunday. I do think he goes off. And I look at that defense and I look at the fact that it's not a lot of quarters. It's not a lot of cover two. Maybe, maybe some quarters coverage in third down and that sort of stuff. But I do think it's a favorable matchup for Dallas where CD will just be able to go off. And oh, yeah. I don't think Jerry Alexander can hold on to him. And he's the only one guy that I would trust. Like if I were the Packers, like I would like to have Jair on CD, but I wouldn't have any trust on that taking place either. So give me CD classic performance. 200 yards and that might mean that not a whole lot goes on for the other guys but i don't care give me a classic game yeah give me give me one of those five minute highlight reels from cd lamb you know right. that sort of stuff and, and they they run cover three but they also run a single high at a decent clip too and i i'm yep. like run past them <laughs> yeah keep them in the dust <laughs> you know i i don't think they do and you might correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they do a lot of uh like cover one specifically, like with the man coverage. But single high, as you say, like it's it's trouble for you if you're facing this Cowboys team. I shorted like every CD Lamb route, not not every CD Lamb route, but every catch he made versus Alliance, and he had like five catches on third down versus cover one. And I'm like, why were the Lions playing cover one on third down? against cd lamp and the cowboys insane behavior yeah i mean honestly with the level and i know we gotta go but the level that he and dak are on it's cool okay i'm sorry it's actually really cool though because when you growing up you see the peyton mannings and and he has his guy and then you see you see these quarterbacks that are our you know our mount rushmore's have these connections with their one-on-one quarterbacks to see it happen in dallas is it is it's actually really cool to see Dak have like a true number one, and for them to be so in sync that it. I don't know if it matters what a defense does at this point in time to really stop those guys, especially with them playing at this level. You, if you're not double teaming him, well, fine. Good night. I mean, have yep. a, see you later. <laughs> it's, it's the only way. It's the only way that you can face it at this point, and and not even with it, you might be able like. He will still make plays against those doubles. Yeah, he was double teamed last week, and it yep. it, it just they're at such a level that the ball is just finding CD at a level. I again, it's been a pleasure to see, and that's all love to Amari Cooper and whatever. But I ain't seen nothing like this. Yeah. I'm mean, I've never had the pleasure of seeing it, and I know that I know um um Tony and Dez were really close, but this right here. 
this right here this is pretty cool to see so yeah okay i'm okay i'm 200 yards from cd lamb yeah let's do it let's do it basically mine was safe mine was safe yours <laughs> i'm going with the bold prediction i don't care that hey with cd we can do that i think with cd we can do that just like a classic classic uh playoff performance uh, i love the chat it's going crazy they're saying posmo aisha said hold up where's your prediction yeah that was on me <laughs> That was on me. That definitely was on me. All right, but now for real. Uh, thank you so much, Aisha. Appreciate you taking the time and going overtime with me here on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And as always, they can find you on Twitter at Aisha Morrison. They can find you on the Dallas Cowboys Podcast Network. And I'm not sure if I'm missing any plug, uh, but hey, the floor is yours. Go I for it. I will be, listen, later than sooner, I will be on the draft show this year, so me out again later than sooner let's go draft show this year again so oh that's awesome that's awesome that that definitely was uh, a must listen so excited about you know having Aisha Morrison on the draft show uh one of the I would say like one of the most important shows on the Dallas Cowboys podcast network by far Aisha deal. that's where Dane Brugler was like that's that's a massive massive thing uh congratulations you absolutely deserve it uh you know ball. You really do. And it's so fun to talk to you about the Cowboys and follow you on Twitter and all that and listen to your shows, of course, as well. Uh, so thank you. And I don't know if you want to add anything. No, no, I don't, I don't need anything. Thank you for everyone in the chat. Um, if you go follow me, feel free to speak to me. I'm typically very personable. So this has been dope, Mauricio. We're going to have to do it again uh, when they go to the NFC Championship. <laughs> Yeah, let's let hey, yeah. And then later the Super Bowl too. You know, you know, I'm I'm going all in. I'm going all in. Right. Uh, anyways, thank you and everyone. Hit the like button for me, and I'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you so much. Hit the like button for me and see you el día de mañana. Muchísimas gracias. Bye bye.